When SoftBank led a $200 million Series B for indoor farming startup Plenty in mid-2017, the round was heralded as the largest ag tech deal to date. More recently, the venture giant has turned its attention to alternative proteins and cultured meat. In July, the firm drew from the $30 billion second iteration of its Vision Fund to lead a $350 million Series C for Nature's Find, a startup developing products from a protein discovered during NASA research into extreme conditions. In this episode, we hear from one of the executives leading SoftBank's food tech investments. I'm Chris Janik with AgriInvestor, and welcome to Spotlight. To get a better sense of what's driving SoftBank's push into meat alternatives and how it fits with the firm's broader vision for the future, we caught up with investment director Angela Du. I am an investment director at SoftBank Investment Advisors, and I spend all of my time looking at consumer-based products and with a special focus on the sustainability sector. And that includes food and ag tech, renewable energy, climate tech, um, circular economy. An EY overview of the alternative protein market published in April noted SoftBank's investments among a number of signs illustrating the industry's maturation. In addition to Nature's Find, SoftBank's investments include plant-based protein supplier Rebellious Foods and Upside Foods, which cultivates meat from animal cells and formerly operated as Memphis Meats. You know, what was particularly attractive to us about all of these companies from an investment perspective was their pathway to commercialization. It's a combination of the immense opportunity for impact where we are in the consumer adoption cycle for alternative proteins and also where the companies individually are in their path to commercialization and go to market that led to our investments. Do said SoftBank's market research included an informal internal poll that showed just how much the introduction of alternatives has already altered people's diets in recent years. In supporting alternatives to conventional meat, Du says SoftBank is building on basic observations about consumer behavior. You know, there are many decisions that I as a consumer can make to drive down at my own carbon footprint. You know, I can buy an electric vehicle, I can take less flights, and I can eat less meat. You know, I buy a car maybe once every 10, 15 years. I still have, you know, the first car that I bought when I was 16 years old. I take flights you know, a few times a year, but I can make a decision about whether or not to eat meat every single meal, every single day. And so from an investment perspective, you know, that is what is so exciting about the alternative protein industry, the food tech industry, because there is no faster way for consumers to vote with their feet, you know, or mouths in this case and wallet than through food. So to us, the opportunity is massive and the ability to move the needle is very immediate. Nature's Fine's main product offering is Phi, that's spelled F-Y, a protein derived from microbes discovered in Yellowstone National Park's geothermal springs. Phi, which is currently available as a meatless breakfast patty and a cream cheese replacement, can take many forms and presents a unique marketing challenge, according to Do. So the Nature's Fine's team's vision is that in the future, you can order beef from Upside Foods plant-based chicken from Rebellious or Phi when you go to a restaurant. They, they think they're creating a fundamentally different form of protein. So if you're upside foods, you're selling chicken. Like people have been eating chicken for centuries. They know what chicken is. And same thing for plant-based. People have been eating soy and tofu for centuries. So it's not anything new. When you think about nature's find, 
we're talking about like extremophiles that you get from a hot spring of nature's spine. There was a real question when we launched at Berkeley Bowl, like, would anyone buy this? Because this is something totally new. And I think the team has done an incredible job of educating the market about what the product is. And so the consumer demand has been much more positive. We, we can't keep these things in stock. The potential of Phi to proliferate across product categories reflects in part a focus on scalability that Dew says unites all of SoftBank's alternative protein and cultured meat investments. In real estate, they say it's about three things, location, location, location. When I think about this industry and getting to the increased penetration that you're talking about, I think it's about three things, which is scale, scale, and scale. And, you know, it's not enough to produce protein to reach 5% of the market. It's not enough to produce protein at two times the cost. You know, we have to do both and better. And to do that, we need to reach scale. SoftBank's focus on scale shapes both the selection of its investments and how the firm looks to help those companies operate. When you scale a product, the physics change. And when the physics change, you mess up your product getting it out to customers in volume. So these things take time. These products have never been made before. But we fundamentally believe that if you develop the right tools and processes in manufacturing, then when you scale that, you will get much further and faster with better products and lower prices. And that has been one of the core missing pieces in the production of alt protein up until now. And when you walk around a nature's find production facility, everything is bought off the shelf. Now, the way those parts operate and integrate and some of the underlying technology is certainly new. But my point here is, you know, you have to choose your spots. There's no need to reinvent the wheel if you don't need to. And I think the teams have done a great job about thinking through that so they can get to scale quickly. Generation Investment Management's Leela Preston told Agri-Investor last year that the constellation of strategics backing Nature's Find, which include ADM's Venture Arm, Dan and Manifesto Ventures, and others, was part of what made it among the most scalable of the many alternative protein upstarts. Dew says keeping an eye out for opportunities for a quote-unquote happy coexistence with traditional protein suppliers will continue to be a focus for SoftBank. You know, we think about the future in terms of shifting supply chains of cooperation and, and coordination. The industrialized meat industry has spent the past seven decades building immense scale and efficiency into the supply chain. And the most impactful way for our companies to go to market is to work together with them. So when I think about these products in the context of existing proteins in the market, I really think about it as complementary. Also complementary, according to Do, is the interest in meat alternatives shown by sovereign wealth funds and other state-linked investment vehicles. There's been a lot of interest from whether it's sovereign wealth funds or economic development funds to invest in these technologies, bring them to their country and create this production capacity. And for Nature's Fine, they've announced that they're building a facility in Singapore and the Economic Development Board is an investor in Nature's Fine in this round. And so you start to see these types of programs take place. But I would take a step back and say it certainly doesn't need to happen via equity investments. It can happen you know, in the normal course of business development, but there is certainly that interest. And I think that from our perspective as investors, it's great to get that type of validation from sovereign investors in terms of the importance and urgency of getting this type of technology into their countries. Dew says that validation reflects another key part of what attracted SoftBank into food tech, the market's potential to address key macroeconomic challenges. You know, when you stop and you think about it, the traditional form of protein production, you know, via an animal, whether that's a cow, a pig, or chicken, 
is very inefficient. I mean, 90% of what you put in front of a cow kind of comes out on the other side. And I think it, it was really just time that technology came up with a better form of production for protein. And, you know, if we want to achieve the UN Sustainable Development Goals, if we want to meet the emissions targets set by the Paris Climate Agreement, we need to move beyond farmed animal meat. And I would say we really see a future of maybe I'll call it happy coexistence. And we think there's an important role for both traditional and new sources of protein. So if I, if I take a step back and think about you know, the current landscape, current ranchers are raising somewhere around 70 billion animals. And that sounds like a lot, but it's still not enough to meet the demands of the future. The economics really start to break down for the ranchers, which is where a product like Upside Food really comes in. And Upside is already working ranchers to grow cells for their business. And so that's what I talk about when I say happy coexistence and ways for traditional and new sources of protein to work together. Although SoftBank's interest in food tech predated the pandemic, Dew says the disruptions caused by COVID-19 only highlighted the pressing need to develop supply chains for meat alternatives. You know, the thing that's interesting about COVID breaking the food system is that we all knew this was an issue even before COVID became a pandemic. Cold chain facilities where meat is processed was always a place for spread of previous coronaviruses. And one of the opportunities to get to scale for these new technologies is that they can convert these facilities, which are refrigerated workspaces where people are jammed together and remove the need to make these facilities refrigerated and improve the working conditions for people inside of these facilities. So I think there's so many different layers to how we think about the impact of new forms of protein production on the environment, on the supply chain, and COVID really helped to heighten a lot of that. I think COVID has really exposed the extreme vulnerability of our systems and opened our eyes to what happens when you have intense animal agriculture and animals in close proximity, right? It's, it's easy for disease to spread from animal to animal. It's easy for disease to spread from animal to human. And this has created a lot of interest in how we can get alternative products to market quicker. The challenge here, of course, is that the traditional meat production has been sharpening this needle for decades. The complex was not built in a day. And for the new forms of protein production, we are still very early days in that journey. And these are fundamentally new technologies we are bringing to market that will take time to refine and scale. And we will learn a lot over the next few years. Dew says for SoftBank, recent food tech investments also reflect the broad influence of another of the firm's key areas of focus, artificial intelligence. Masa created the Vision Fund and his whole investment strategy really centered around what he viewed as the biggest disruption to our global economy over the next, you know, few decades or, you know, in his mind, maybe 300 years. And that is around AI. Um, and AI can manifest itself in many ways. But, you know, in some of our investments, if you think about our investment in nature's find, there is a significant role that automation driven by AI plays in terms of bringing the cost down for how they produce the proteins. And there's a significant role for AI to play in the future in terms of optimizing their production processes even further and better understanding how to develop their products. So absolutely, AI is a huge component of each and every one of our investments out of the Vision Fund. That's all for today. 
For more coverage of alternative proteins and cultured meat, please check out agriinvestor.com. For more episodes of Spotlight, you can check us out wherever you get podcasts or at various PEI titles online. For Agri Investor, I'm Chris Janik, and thanks for listening.